Welcome into another episode of Eyes on the Prize. I'm Jeff Eisenband. This is the Brothers Kaminsky, and it is one of the most interesting family stories in sports that you don't know about. Brendan Kaminsky, up until recently, up until just a few weeks ago, was senior manager of talent social strategy at ESPN. He was at ESPN for about six and a half years. Still going to be working with ESPN a little bit. He'll explain what he's moving on to on this podcast. And his brother, Wesley, senior associate producer of digital content for Fox Sports. Now, why they've always been so interesting to me is that Brendan, one of his main jobs at ESPN was working on social media strategy with Stephen A. Smith as one of the main uh, talent people that he worked with. So he'd be right there at first take filming Stephen A. Smith, working with Stephen A. Smith on that that tone of social media. Meanwhile, since August of 2019, his brother Wesley has been working across the country at Fox Sports and working mainly for the herd with Colin Coward, right up there with Colin Coward organizing his social strategy. So that's two of the biggest names in sports media. Stephen A. Smith and Colin Coward and two brothers are working right there with them in similar roles as it pertains to each of those. Should we call them hot take machine machines? Each of those uh, sports media voices, their social media voice. So I find this fascinating. It is a sports Shakespearean family tale, and we will go into it here. It is the brothers Kaminsky on Eyes on the Prize. And no, their third brother, Frank, not actually their brother, does not make an appearance. Hope you enjoy. The brothers Kaminsky. That's what I'm, what I'm calling this. I don't know how deep into Russian lit you guys are, but Brendan Kaminsky, Wesley Kaminsky, uh, you know, I had to figure out how to introduce you guys because Brendan now I'm calling him digital media specialist with an agency title unnamed, still incoming, most recently uh, doing digital media for ESPN. And then Wesley, right now, this is your official title, Wesley, senior associate producer, digital content at Fox Sports. Now, why are these guys interested? interesting, or why do I find them interesting at least? Well, they're two brothers from the streets of Philadelphia, or uh, Friend Central High School, I guess, uh, as close to the streets of Philadelphia as you can come, um, who have got, carved their own paths in this digital media, social media space, and not just carved their own paths, but Brendan, you being a part of ESPN for so long, and Wesley being a part of Fox Sports for so long, and as in, a, I guess, not that long, Wesley, about a year. Um, you guys have basically been competing against each other in certain aspects of digital media. Brendan, you've worked really closely with Stephen A. Smith. Wesley's worked really closely with Colin Coward. So those are two guys who I'd consider themselves competitive with. Before we even start, do you guys consider your, each other competition? Um, not really. Yeah, one of us wins, both win. Yeah, you know the thing. The thing about the thing about this industry is, is it's like, it's not a zero sum game. There's so many fans. There's so many people online. Um, it, sure, like people were compete, competing for engagement and views and shares and all those things. Um, at the end of the day, though, like Fox can win, Colin can win, Stephen A can win, ESPN can win, etc. Um, but uh, of course, we're competing. Yeah, an outstanding diplomatic answer from both you guys. Before we go deeper into that, I want to go back to, like I said, growing up in Philly, 
um, not Eagles fans, right? Bills fans. Um, but growing up in Philly, what were sports like in your family? And we'll, we'll start with the eldest, Brendan, here. Yeah, so uh, to, to a lot of people, you know, no surprise that we uh, ended up in sports based on upbringing. You know, uh, we, our dad built a, a sports bar that was connected to our house that we would pretty much camp out in for all the games on Sunday. There was like eight TVs in there. There was a, there was a TV in the bathroom on top of the urinal. Um, there was a UNC, we had a UNC basketball court. Uh, and I went to Carolina, my dad went there. So we all been in Carolina family. And, uh, you know, we, we loved it. You know, we played sports all the time, tennis, basketball. We had a tennis court at the house as well. So we were just very active and avid fans. Um, and, you know, at, at growing up, our high school had a, had a very good team. We had some big players come out of there. Um, so I think it was always in the blood and always in the family. And our dad vicariously lives through us. Well, I, I should say, Wesley, so the, the reason that we're connected is our mutual friend, Mike Fires, who uh, said, you know, I, he introduced me to Wesley first and said, you know, my friends working at the time for the NBA before you were at Fox Sports, you were doing social for the NBA. And he also referred to you guys as the as the Splash Brothers of the, uh, the original of Friends Brothers. Central or the Friends Central third team, I think is what he yeah. said. Can you vouch for that, Wesley? I can. So um, my freshman year, Brendan's senior year um, at Friends Central, there's three tiers of teams. We got varsity, JV, and third team. Um, Brendan actually managed to be on third team Every, all four years, he just <laughs> tanked the tryouts. And then my freshman year, I was like, I remember I was on JV to start and I just realized like midway through the year that I didn't want to take basketball seriously. So I asked them to drop me down to third team, um, which they did. And then uh, Fires was on that team, Brendan, you know, we, I mean, it, we had, it was a great team. I mean, we, we, so we beat JV in a scrimmage. We beat girls varsity in a scrimmage and we just had a, a cast of characters that, I mean, we still reminisce about those days. We had, I remember one, it's a bunch of comebacks and it was just, it was a great year. It really was. What an impressive squad this sounds like. It was, it really was. Um, we had one, we had one game where we were, I remember in lower school gym when we, uh, Played there, Wes. I don't remember that one. Oh, I remember this game very well. And we we were down huge and had a huge comeback in the second half. And all five fans that were there loved it. It was, it was a great game. But, but yeah, play, playing yeah. third team, you know, our school took basketball very seriously. And, you know, we just wanted to enjoy ourselves, right? We didn't want to do all the sprints and everything. You know, we wanted to just – we wanted to play games. Yeah, I want people to understand, like – you know, this is not this this school, Friend Central in Philadelphia, is actually a basketball powerhouse. <laughs> We're talking about Emil Jefferson being one of the the recent guys. Uh, you know, who was a top guy out there. I feel like there were there were a few. Some DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, um, yeah, yeah uh, Warwick. Warwick, Mustafa oh, Shakur. Warwick. Mustafa Shakur was who I was thinking of. Yeah. So these there were legitimate basketball players that went to your guys' school, and then there were you guys dominating the third team. So congrats on that. And last uh, thing, just sorry to interrupt. Last thing I'll say is uh just want to point out that I scored 40 points in a game <laughs> on third it, team. So it was his last ever game. So it was like his Kobe game, basically. It yeah. was, but getting back to that comeback. So 
I remember very well, we were playing Chestnut Hill Academy. We were down 31 to 10 at halftime. Um, and our locker room was just, it wasn't even a locker room. We were just like the basement of Friend Central Lower School. And our coach, his name was Tim McLean. Um, I remember he was furious and he just screams in the halftime. He's, can we curse on this thing? Go ahead. He said, if you play like little bitches, you're not going to get the fucking calls. So I remember that obviously inspired us a little bit. So we marched <laughs> upstairs. I think we played the, enti- the same five the entire second half. And I think Brennan and I probably combined for 40 second half points. And it was the biggest win of my basketball life by far. So, yeah, this is, this is, listen, this is an important precursor to where we're going with things. Cause I, you guys, we were talking before and I was, we were talking a little about how I have this show on HQ now, Hall of Trivia. And I get a lot of people who comment on Twitter. They're like, this guy doesn't look like he's ever played football in his life. Well, like, look, I'm five, nine and 150 pounds or so. That's it's not that I haven't played football, but you know, I couldn't make it in football is basically the best way to put it. But I think part of what are up, because I had a very similar, you know, for me, it was the Westchester Jewish Basketball League, I'd say, where my dominance lied. You know, I think that you need those experiences to sometimes do what we do from the, the sports media sphere, from the, the content sphere. And so, Brendan, you're older. You go, you mentioned you go to UNC at first. And when does it become apparent? I'm sure we have a lot of people listening who are interested in the industry and breaking in. When were you, did you decide, hey, I could do digital media. I could do social media in this industry. Yeah. So I started to do some scuff in, in school. Um, and long story short, uh, I was an EA sports rep and ended up running a contest for them. And the winner of the contest won a, won a free Snoop Dogg concert. And so Snoop Dogg came to the school for free and I got to meet him. And I was like, this is incredible. This is because I drove people to a Facebook app. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, maybe I should try to do this more. And it was fun. Uh, and so from there, I just started to do more. And then out of school, um, you know, had a relationship with Harrison Barnes and started working with him and pitched him on, you know, having him being a social guy. And, and that was really fun. And, and uh, you know, more than fun, it was very um, eye opening and just opened me up to more of the industry. And then I eventually did work with ESPN. But yeah, I think I just always understood uh, the, the value of being active on social and was an early adopter of Twitter. And, um, you know, I have a terrible Twitter account. And if I get two likes, um, that's overperforming for me. I'm not quite like Jeff Eisenban, who has a viral tweet every other day. Look, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. And this is, you know, sometimes I wonder, you guys who work behind the scenes in social, if you don't want your profiles, you know, if you, if you, if that's on purpose. Um, And with Harrison Barnes, I need to ask because, so you graduated UNC in 2012. Were you there when you were managing Harrison Barnes' social, it sounds like, without getting in too much trouble? Was this while he was, he played two years at UNC. Was this while he was yeah. still playing? Good good question. Um, no, not going to get in any trouble. Uh, Statute no, of limitations has, start, has, has ex- ex- with- exhausted in this one, right? This is, this is a while ago. Y- yes, yes. I, no, I did, I did not start working with him until he was on the Warriors. So it was, it was, uh, you know, maybe a year, less than a year um, after he was drafted. And, and what were, cause he was in Golden State. You, I don't believe ever lived in the Bay area. How were you managing that? Well, I was just, you know, we started off and didn't know exactly what it would look like. Right. And, and for me, 
it was just like, I'll pitch you ideas. I'll help content. I'll help you facilitate and coordinate. I went to the Bay a few times to go out there and do some stuff with him and go to some games. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was just, yeah, it was kind of just like an advisor on all things. And I would help him, you know, work with the people around him to, to give a good content strategy. So it, it was, uh, yeah, it would have helped to be there. Um, but I had enough touch points with him and the people around him that it worked. Now you, from there, you went to eventually ended up at ESPN. Did you use sort of, was your cover letter, you know, look, I did stuff with Harrison Barnes or was that the, were those the examples that you could show ESPN to get a job there? Yeah. So really fortunate. So I, uh, I did some work with ESPN. So one thing that I always wish happened to this day is when he was in the dunk contest, um, someone reached out to, to me. I had a relationship with a guy by the name, Mike Buckland, who now is Wesley's boss, um, and works, works at Fox, but he reached out to me and was like, Hey, Harrison's in the dunk contest. You know, what if he took over sports center Twitter during the actual dunk contest? I was like, that's a crazy idea. And this was back in what, 2013 or 14. Um, let's try it. I'll pitch it. And Harrison was down and he was going to do it. They were going to promote on sports center. Um, I was like, this is awesome. I'm facilitating this. And it was great. Didn't end up working out. Um, uh, NBA shut it down. Um, but you know, that being said, I had a relationship with them. And so it just came time where they were like, Hey, would you be interested in working here? So I, there was no resume process for me. It was uh, kind of just based on experience. And yeah, I mean, certainly the Harrison stuff, um, I, I give credit to, to, to working with him and being able to prove something to be able to, you know, eventually prove myself at ESPN. Now, Wesley, you stay in, in Philly, you go to Temple and yeah. you're watching your, your brother, navigate the Harrison Barnes sphere and get to ESPN. And was this something that you said, you know, you're taking notes on what he's doing, thinking I want to work in the same industry as him? Yeah, I mean, as Brendan said, you know, we grew up around sports. So I felt like I had no choice but to get in the sports world. Um, I, similar to him, I started like doing random things in college, whether it's the social media for the radio station, a random Temple's basketball show. Um, and then I got the summer into my senior year of college, I got an internship at the NBA Players Association. And I ended up interning there for like a year because my last year of college wasn't really college. I was like two classes left. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I got introduced to people at the NBA and then ended up there for two and a half years. And yeah, I felt like, you know, I was watching Brendan do his thing and I was like, hey, I guess I should dip my feet in the sports. Well, was there like a take your brother to work moment at all? Well, uh, while Wes was still in college. I never, I never got taken to work. No. He visited so ESPN. I think he, but <laughs> yeah, I got a tour in college of, of the studio. It was still got the pictures. Yeah. Uh, you go west to the NBA, which is different than we're talking about. Brendan's working directly with the players uh, on their side, working on then on on a content producer side with ESPN. But you go to you go to the mothership, to the actual NBA, which you know I know this is when we met. You got to you got to wear the pinny. You got to go on the court. You got to everyone. Now I feel like people know who ice is because he's gone public with so many oh, yeah. things that he's doing. You got to shadow him and see that the world that this works. 
what was was there a pinch me moment when you're 23 years oldish and you're on your court side you know sticking a camera in front of LeBron James yeah I mean that whole uh yeah I think a couple pinch me moments I guess my first year I was primarily um you know primarily in my position that you start like you're live tweeting the games at night. So, um, you know, in Secaucus from seven to 2 AM live tweeting these NBA games. Um, by the way, Secaucus is not a place you want to be late at night, but so I, I, they do. Were you living in Manhattan at the time? Yeah, I was living in Manhattan commuting, you know, trying to catch that last bus, um, to get back to the city, get back to beautiful port authority at, 134 in the morning <laughs> we all miss it let's be honest <laughs> um but i remember my first moment i guess big moment was the uh the conference finals the celtics were playing the Cavs, and there's a big slack channel a bunch of like gifs videos whatnot coming in there was the gif of dave Chappelle and amy schumer came in so i captioned that amy and a fan i don't know if you remember this tweet jeff I'm thinking and, back, you know, and um, thinking about the traffic that night on Twitter. Yes. So it said Amy and a fan. He was like, like this. And it just turned out it blew up in a very negative way. Like people saying the NBA doesn't know who Dave Chappelle is. The NBA is racist. The NBA, blah, blah, blah. And it they talked about it on, you know, Levitard. Um, Rosillo brought it up. And I was like, how is this? I don't know. I was, I thought I was making a joke, which I would, I would, I would do the same thing again, but, but that's at the moment I realized, okay, the NBA probably can't make jokes like that. Um, so that was my, <laughs> see, I thought Brendan, I thought Wesley was going with like this great inspirational thing. And then it, it ended up being a joke that he probably had to come in and, and answer for himself in a meeting the next day. I did. I had a call. I, I was at lunch with my mom. Um, Cause she was visiting New York and I remember I couldn't, it was just, it was very hard to explain to her why I was on this phone call. <laughs> she also doesn't know much about sports, NBA. And I'm like, she's like, you were like, you mom, do you know Dave Chappelle and Amy Schumer? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, that was, that's sort of like what I'm known for at the NBA. I think when people are like, oh, so-and-so and a fan or Amy and a fan. And it was, and then it all came full circle when at the all-star game, I think the next year in LA, I saw Dave Chappelle. And our Brendan and I's mutual friend, this guy Jocko, is a friend of Chappelle's, and he told me that you know Dave thought it was funny. So obviously, I see Dave. I'm wearing my my penny, and that penny is you're like that's like you're unstoppable in that penny at NBA events. You can literally go wherever you want. No one can tell you anything. So I see Dave, and I'm like Dave. I'm a friend of Jocko's. I don't know if you remember I tweeted this Amy and a fan thing and Dave just starts cracking up and he's like did you get in trouble for that it just it was like a very it was like a 30 to one minute interaction but it was it was amazing the, the long story short is because you had access to this account you got to meet Dave Chappelle yep you got to do a lot of things I mean the travel the travel at the NBA was awesome how how often were you traveling my I was like Towards the peak, I was probably traveling like two, three times a week and not great on the body. Um, so a tribute to guys like Ice, as you mentioned, like he's been doing this for years and he's 
he's a warrior. So I thought you were going to say tribute to the NBA players who uh, nope, have to actually play NBA games. Not them at, at all. A... I'm talking about the other guys. Um, but you know, it was great. I mean, I remember the first time I did was on the court because I'm a huge uh, Bulls fan. I just remember like it was the year they had Wade Rondo and uh, Jimmy. So I remember like I was on the floor at MSG, like staring at Dwayne Wade. I was like, all right, this is kind of sick. So. Did you film him that day? Did you stick a, the camera in front of him? Stuck it right in his face. You got to be. So those things are like, I remember the first couple of times you do it, it's like these players. So, I mean, some of them aren't happy about it. Like no one, like I remember Kyrie Irving like flipped out of me once. DeMarcus Cousins flipped out of me once, but you're just sticking this phone right in their face. And it's the same way. Yeah. It's a very uncomfortable thing at first. And, but you just sort of, it just becomes second nature. The amount of games you go, it's like, you just, you just just say, I know ice, I know ice, I know ice. And (laughs) they're like, all right, you're cool. You're cool. You're cool. Um, Brendan, I'm sure, you know, I'm not saying I'm not jealous of Wes being close to those guys, but you got being at ESPN, the talent, you know, the, the sort of the guys you watch on sports center growing up, the talent that you get to see, you know, as you started to move up the ranks at ESPN and started to work with those individuals directly, did you have pinch me moments where you were like, I'm talking to Chris Berman, I'm talking to Stephen A. Smith. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't, I didn't start meeting the talent um, like and formally working with them um, until about uh, 20, 2018. So it's been about two plus years and uh, absolutely. I mean, I never, never. And we should mention by the way, by the end, your title was talent social strategy. So you did yeah. work your way up to talent. Yes, I worked my way up to talent. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, I grew up just like just like all of us did watching these guys on, on ESPN and a sports center. And, um, you know, there were so many, so many moments. I mean, I, I uh, sitting at the NFL draft next to Adam Schefter as he's literally running the show and, and breaking all the news and or the same thing with Woj for the NBA draft. I mean, you know, there's there's so many moments that uh, make you pinch yourself and you know, uh, for me, I truly feel fortunate to have done that, but like build relationships with these people, um, you know, so many great people at ESPN, um, you know, most, most people are just a pleasure. So, and some of these people have become good friends. So there's just, I can't even, there's probably so many of those moments being at the finals with Stephen A on the court, like five minutes before the game. And then you know, having him be like, oh, hold on one second. And then he runs to the other side of the court and goes to see Drake and uh, say what's up. And then he comes back. He's like, all right, we can do the video now. I was like, okay, cool. You know, like there's so many things that just uh, make it make you feel that way. So he's not like, Aubrey, this is my friend, Brendan. Nah, it doesn't quite work that way. He did introduce me to Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson came in to first take uh, to talk about the whole Lakers situation. If you remember Palinka, that's when mm-hmm. it all came out. They were in the um, they they were in the dressing room like minutes before the green room and he's like I'm walking by and he's like Brendan come over here and he's like hey, Magic this is Brendan he helps me with all my stuff I was like what's going on and I had Magic shakes my hand and he's like and Stephen A's like all right Magic all you got to do is just stand there and I'll do the rest and I I just <laughs> pull out the phone and I'm like uh, and he's like you know what it is Stephen A here we got Magic Johnson blah 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 and then Magic Johnson's like the Magic man's here. And I just took the video and then just, you know, walked out. And yeah, so that was a cool moment. And then you're like, hmm, I wonder what Magic's about to say. This could end up being news for the next like three weeks or even, <laughs> right. even longer. Yeah. Um, 
I think Brennan people, I mean, that's a great example of, you know, how does this happen, right? People see Stephen A. Smith post that video on his account. He didn't, obviously he wasn't holding that. Someone else had to hold that. You were talking about Woj and Adam Schefter at the draft. And I think that as social media has, has aged, people have realized that there's a lot more that goes into this than one person just sending things out. People have researchers, people have so many people doing different things. You know, when Woj is sitting there at the draft, what is going on behind the scenes on his Twitter account that you can share? Because I understand the, uh, well, uh, there's, there's nothing private to share. I mean, he's doing like, it's all, he's sitting there and he's on his computer and he's tweeting and it's, and it's, and he's just, you know, you don't want to, you know, because I, how does he go back and forth? How is he talking on air and also breaking that stuff at the same time? Yeah. I mean, he'll, he, he'll go on air when, uh, when he has, um, you know, trade news, you know, when he, when, when, when there's a trade or something to report, he's not on TV the whole time, but he's, he's the absolute, you know, best in the industry. I mean, he's sitting there and doing a million things at once. And, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bother him. Like, I'm just like, I'm there as a resource. And if he's like, Hey, Hey, can you help with this? I'm like, yeah, what do you need? But like, you know, I'm, I'm just there to be a second start, but he's, he's doing it all, man. He, he, he's, he's, uh, he's, you know, woge for a reason. And, uh, you know, he'll just take a break when he has to do his TV hit, but he's tweeting away and just, you know, running, running the world with that phone of his. When you walk into the room, does ES when you would walk in the room at ESPN, would talent perk up or would some of them, uh, try to run away from you? <laughs> uh, I don't know if they'd perk up. Um, <laughs> I do. Th I do think as part of the job, if working with personalities, ESPN, like, you know, uh, you don't want to be a, a nag. You don't want to nag. Like, I never want to be the person that's like with the phone in the face, similar to like what Wesley's saying, with like when Demarcus Cousins. He had to do it. He had to do it. But as part of my job too, like, you know, with Stephen A. during the finals, you know, I'm kind of trying to make sure that he's doing these videos and that I know it's important for his social. It's important for ESPN. And so I kind of just have to know that, you know, a lot of these people are TV stars and like, you know, I just have to make them do these things. And if they're, if they're not like the happiest in the moment, like it's just for the best. Um, so yeah, there's definitely folks that um, aren't like thrilled to be like, all right, what do you need me to do for, for social media? But that being said, I mean, there's so many great talent and like most of them at this point, cause we've built relationships are like, yeah, what do you need? Like a lot of them are, are good. So Brendan was was part of this ship that I feel like, you know, ESPN goes back to 1979. There's a big, a lot of things are built uh, for this whole endeavor. Wes, you go to Fox and it's still a younger company, Fox Sports. And I remember you telling me, you're like, hey, I'm moving to LA like next week. You're like, I'm, I'm going, I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens here. And then a few weeks later, you're like, yep. I'm like right in the room with Colin Coward and these other, you know, top talent people at Fox sports, almost doing the same thing that your brother's doing at ESPN all the way across the country in New York, but in LA. And when you walked into that room, you know, what did you see that was different about Fox sports than your experience at the NBA? Yeah. Um, I mean, very different in terms of like, obviously the social media aspect, but obviously the NBA, I'm traveling a ton. So, uh, at Fox, I'm more stationed in LA working on one show, you know, focusing on basically Colin, making him happy. So obviously when I started it, Which I asked- Which doesn't sound easy from us, <laughs> for us to the outside. 
<laughs> um, so when I started, I did, I asked Brendan tips, you know, since he works with talent, like what are the best ways to, you know, make them happy or whatnot. So the first thing I did with Colin, I mean, it took me a while to build with him. Um, you know, I think I tried to push him to get on Instagram. That was my main thing. So I think he realized like Colin's good at, he knows when he needs to adjust, you know, he knows that he's got to adapt to things. So yeah, he's been great to work with for me. I mean, I, uh, it's a lot different than the NBA in terms of like, I'm like really listening to, I'm listening to all his takes, you know, three hours a day and just trying to like the best things that are going to piss off the internet. So, um, and that's what, and he, you know, he, you know, he knows what he's doing. Like if for, you know, when Baker Mayfield did it, turned his hat around last week, I told him that at a commercial break and he brought it up on the show and it was really cool. So when stuff like that, it's, it's cool. Yeah. The, uh, the Instagram thing, um, when you introduced him to Instagram, um, you know, what, it, what was his, mindset in terms of how should we change the content how should we make it different because it was very personal at first yeah no so he wanted like i mean him and i he wanted to show like a personal side of him that i guess people don't see so his first video was just he's since following more people but his first video was him you know it was like a him walking off the stage someone passes him an iced coffee he announces that he's on instagram and that he's only going to follow baker mayfield um, so that, that was like his welcomed Instagram moment. And then the next two, I remember like during commercial break, he just asked me if I have, a, if I have a quarter and I was like, no, I don't have a quarter. He's like, go get a quarter. So I get a quarter and he just does this random magic trick. Still don't even know how he did it, but so then it's like, all right, people are seeing a magician side of Colin that ha people haven't seen. So it was just trying to, it was, it was just a cool aspect. I think that people hadn't seen of him. So now back to where we originally started a lot of this, you guys, and, and now Brendan, you heard that story. I mean, was there ever a moment that you thought to yourself, cause, cause it, the reason we're doing this is it struck me a few months ago where I'm like, these two guys are helping these two brothers. If people haven't gotten that, that much from this podcast, these two brothers who look a lot alike, as I'm looking at you guys right now, these two brothers are right behind the scenes with two of the biggest names in sports doing basically the same thing at the same time. Brendan, did you ever think about that? Uh, well, I, I've, you know, over time, I've started to think about it. Like if we're like when we were home for Thanksgiving, I think, um, I think Stephen A called me about something or, or texted me. And then like 15 minutes later, like Wesley gets a call from Colin to be like, Hey, can you help with this? So, when those things happen, it's pretty neat. Um, and then, you know, when there's breaking news happening and, and um, you know, Stephen A puts up a video reacting to the Clippers game, the Clippers losing to the Nuggets in the playoffs. And then I see Colin doing the same thing and knowing that like, you know, both of us helped to, to make those videos happen. Um, it's pretty, pretty impactful. And so, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, happy to see, uh, that, uh, you know, Colin's, Colin's been inspired by uh, Stephen A. <laughs> I was going to say that the beginning of this was, oh, you know, we, we, you guys were very diplomatic. We want everyone to succeed. And now I'm imagining you guys in the house on Thanksgiving, like sitting on opposite sides of the house, trying <laughs> to rush, trying to rush takes out, uh, <laughs> you know, with your bosses right before uh, things are happening. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously hard to compete with Stephen A. The guy's a, the guy's a monster, but yeah. <laughs> No comment. 
Yeah, I was going to say, who's who's really uh, who's like, you know, it's it's like you guys pulling the strings against each other on opposite sides there. Um, so I think I mean, I, look, I think that's that's incredibly important stuff. I want to touch on some things just for people that, um, you know, are interested in getting into the industry. I feel like, Brendan, you were posting about Clubhouse recently. I'm still trying to figure it out as you guys see new forms of social media, new outlets like TikTok developing in the last year or so, you know, you guys being such specialists in the industry, how do you adapt and how do you work with talent to adapt? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not easy because every day something new happens, right? Every day, a new feature, a new app right now, everyone's about clubhouse. It's gotta be the hottest app in the world right now. And we don't know how long it's going to last. Maybe it's here for the long term. Um, but I encourage everyone to test it. And then you got TikTok, you got vertical video. One trend that I'm seeing is, is just less produced video can work. You know, you do a Zoom interview, you post it. Sometimes like it doesn't have to be in a huge glamorous studio for it to perform well. Sometimes a selfie of a talent reacting to JJ Watt um, getting released by the Texans is like all you need for Twitter, not necessarily like the sports center hit because that works for TV better than it does for social. So I think less, you know, more raw video is like one of the biggest trends that I'm seeing. Yeah, uh, I would agree with the raw video. I mean, I, 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 so uh, when the Steelers lost to the bills, I, th or bills, I think, but so Colin had been really on the Steelers, like being overrated, whatnot. So I remember after that game, I just told him like, it'd be really good to get, get a quick reaction video of that. And it turned out it's him smoking a cigar, celebrating the Steelers losing. And it turned into like one of his best viewed clips. And the, that there's no edit on my part, just got the video and stuff like that to, to performs really well. It's like more authentic. Is it, it's not always about views though, right? I mean, it's about, is it about engagement? Are you thinking about other, who's going to engage with this, where this is going to get picked up? Do you guys think about that before posts? Um, Kind of. I mean, I think it'll get, if it's a good video, I think it's going to get seen regardless and get picked up by guys like you or, you know, a bunch of <laughs> so, schlubs yeah. like you, Jeff, <laughs> waste your time giving us free engagement. <laughs> um, I, I see that. I see that happen. Wes, I want to ask you about uh, something. Uh, we've been talking a lot about sports, but Sushi Geeks, which, you know, we, we had a moment with. A moment, uh, yeah. A moment. Um, what can you tell people? And I, I asked you before, I said, Brendan, this is before you came on. I said, is it public? Can we share who Sushi Geeks is? And Wes is like, yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. How have you developed this influential Sushi account? Um... Like every other, you know, Jew, I like sushi. Um, so, you know, a few years, like four years ago, um, one of my friends, so there's actually four sushi geeks. I like to consider myself the main geek, but um, he asked me, he's like, hey, we should just start a sushi account. So long story, let me get back into this other story. So I was helping out with this page called I Dream of Sushi, if you know what that is. And I don't. It's I guess it's a rival account. Um, and I was helping this girl out with it, and she basically was dating this kid from my fraternity. They broke up. She bumped me off the account. So then, one of my friends, my friend Scott, was like, "Oh, we need to start a rival account, whatnot." Um, I was like, "Okay." So I 
tried to think of a name for a couple of weeks and I thought of that name, Sushi Geeks. And I just, we just started posting shit ton of sushi and reaching out to random restaurants. And it just, it started growing really quickly. Um, I think I got in at like a good time. Like now it's like, I'm, it's hard to grow it, but I think I got in like, like the sushi game at a good time. And it's led to, it, you know, it's led to a lot of things like meeting. I met Darren Ravel. I was going to say our mutual connection. This connected <laughs> you to Darren Ravel. Yeah. So he followed the account and then I saw him at the NBA finals and I just went up to him and told him I'm sushi geeks and in Darren way, he's like sushi geeks. And then we started talking about Koi and started talking about sushi. And then he tells me how Koi is his favorite sushi in the world. And a few months later, him and I go to Koi, then we meet you. And we don't, I don't know, do we need to get into whole Koi? No, we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to. It's it's public. I mean, people can uh, can look this up if they want. People can look like. it up, yeah. But, but yeah, there's so a great picture cool. of us. That's what people need to know. Great picture of us. And once you know, created that role with Darren. I was like, this is pretty cool. So yeah, that's all I'll say about that. But outside of Sushi Geeks and the ever uh, interesting life of Wesley Kaminsky, you've played basketball with Adam Sandler how many times now? Um, well, unfortunately I haven't played in a year since LA is closed <laughs> basketball courts, but, um, when I moved here like a year and a half ago, like it was somewhat of reg a regular thing, but never in New York, just in LA. No, I randomly found this court in Santa Monica and, uh, I was like sitting, so I was sitting here and like, there's two courts and the other court, I was just like looking, I was like, that looks like Adam Sandler. <laughs> so then I, I walked over there and it was him. He was just playing two on two with these random people. Um, and then. Did he, he know the random people or was Adam Sandler just in the park playing pickup no, with whoever he, was there? He, he never, he always shows up alone. Like he shows <laughs> up, he brings a basketball, he drops his keys like everybody else and tries to get the next game. So like, I just, he was like, he would go there somewhat regularly and I would, he was on my team. I guarded him and it was, it was probably one of the highlights of my life <laughs> did you get to a point where he'd see you and give you a head nod like oh you know i know this kid uh definitely got some head nods i don't know if he knew who i was but um he knew i liked to hustle a lot so that's pretty much my entire game um so i remember one game he was guarding me uh like right before the game he looks at me and he's like man i gotta cover you you quick bastard <laughs> so that was i was like all right i'm, I'm done <laughs> i'm done here um yeah, it was really... You never connected him with Colin. You're never like, hey, want to come in? Of course, I tried to do that, but uh, I just didn't want to be one of those guys, but... Wait, did you actually try? I did not try. I wanted to. I, oh, I, I didn't think the courts would get shut down for a year, so you always think you'll have another chance. But um, like during around uncut, uncut Gems, I was thinking like, God, we should get Adam Sandler in the studio right now, but... Uh, no, but that was, uh, yeah, playing basketball with him. Good basketball player, too. I was going to say, he's a, you're a hustler. What's his game? Uh, I would say he's kind of like a uh, like an Andre Miller type. You know, he's, he's got the nice old man game. He's got good passing. He talks a lot on the court. Um, he's a good player. You know, he just comes there. He sweats for like an hour and gets out of there and go, who knows, those baggy shorts and, yeah. Brendan, do you have any uh, good stories from the gyms of Bristol, Connecticut or West Hartford? You know, 
there's some great gyms. ESPN has a, a fantastic gym. Um, the answer is no. I don't think I, there are some basketball leagues and believe it or not, I never did them. Um, there are some intramural ESPN stuff. Uh, I don't think there was anyone specific from ESPN. That's like a good story. I wish I did though. Have one. Because that's where I feel like the good content would be. Mm-hmm, Not know. to tell you how to do your job, but well, no, I mean you you're the viral tweet man. No, so. stop. See, stop with this. I, <laughs> I appreciate it, but I'm not like you guys. I couldn't one, handle the I couldn't handle the numbers that you guys handle. One thing I miss is not miss, but like talking about viral content is I remember once maybe over the summer, probably not in the summer, because there wasn't a summer, but I caught a I caught an alley oop from Sandler. No, I, was, <laughs> I lay I laid it in, but I was like thinking, like, God, I wish, I wish someone was there to film that moment. But well, there are pictures of you guys. I will say yeah, that we got, we got the pictures out. Yeah. Um, Brendan, more high level stuff than playing basketball with uh, Adam Sandler. So you're, you have left ESPN full time. You're still, you're still working um, part time with ESPN, and part of that, the reason for that is you are starting your own agency, as we said. Name still, I, I, I think you have a name in mind, but we're not ready to share it yet. Um, but what, what's next for your life? You know, I, I talked about at the beginning saying social and digital, but I also said you, you know, talent was your title by the end in terms of managing, uh, producing content for talent. What's next for you in this agency? Yeah. So next for me is, is like you said, social media branding, um, which I think go hand in hand. Um, folks coming to, to me and my agency and feeling trust that, um, they can boost their presence and know the right steps they have to take to, um, you know, build out their social media, build out their brand, you know, like for rookie people, Harrison Barnes. It, yes. Like Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Back in 2013, 2013, 2014. Yeah. For me, uh, ESPN has been amazing. Uh, the people there, the people I've met, all that stuff. Uh, and I'm so happy to be continuing working with them. Um, I just, for me inside, I felt passionate about doing more and working, having the opportunity to work with athletes or influencers or um, even, even folks outside of sports, if it makes sense. I'm not going to go too far off from what my sort of bread and butter has been, which is sports, social, and talent. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I, I just feel so uh, fulfilled to do this. I've been, I've been thinking about it for a while and I just took the leap and didn't even tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone, anyone in my family that I was doing this. Um, I didn't tell anybody. And I just told Weston, um, my manager, no. Weston. No, no, he had no idea. No, literally I'm telling you not one person had any idea. I told my manager and I'm like, you're the only person in the world that knows this. Um, so yeah, I think it's, you know, going to be focused on, on talent and if, if other stuff pops up great, but yeah, certainly starting it off with talent. What did Stephen A say when you told him? He said, if that makes you happy, I'll fully support you. I called him that day. Um, and, uh, well, I texted him. I was like, Hey, do you have a few to talk? Which I never do with him, you know, ever. And then he's like, you can call after three. So I call him, Steven, hey, what's going on? He's like, talk to me. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, uh, so I'm leaving to do this. And I had spoken to him about it before. It, it, it isn't the first time it came up. And he just, uh, he said, oh, look, if this is good and what if this is what makes you happy, like ultimately I'll fully support you. So that's pretty much it. And, and everyone's been very supportive and I feel very fortunate. 
and you'll still be working with ESPN a little bit. So still doing some work with them. Yeah. But you talked about talent. So are you, because now I, I know I'm from the NBA 2K sphere. You posted something about Ronnie 2K and him being, a, I guess, part of and part owner of yeah. one of the teams in fan controlled football. Um, so that I, that strikes me for, as an outsider, from an outsider's point of view as you know, making a connection, a deal, it's not social media. Um, yeah. Is this part of the new Brendan Kaminsky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, with Ronnie, him and I have a, have a great uh, relationship and I've been helping him to take advantage of his brand, uh, which is largely built off of digital, as you know, and he's built a, a following. Um, and yeah, for him, him and I work together on that to, to be a co-owner of this new football league, which I think is really exciting. Um, look, for me, I'm a complimentary service to an agency, to a CAA, um, you know, and I'm focused on the branding. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm looking to just sort of help in, in areas that I know with Ronnie, I think that it's, it's been unique in that, you know, he is kind of from this same world and, um, I've had a relationship with him for a long time. Um, you know, met in it for years. Uh, he's, he's from the Bay. He's friends with Harrison. That's how I met him. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like definitely gonna be part of it to try to help people monetize their brand more and take advantage on social. I mean, for Ronnie's, you know, for Ronnie's obligations, like this is streaming on Twitch, it, you know, he's doing some Instagram stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, connecting brands with talent more and more as that's something I've been, I've been looking into, like, especially the startups. See, I, I didn't, I, now I'm connecting the Harrison Barnes dots with this. I know that he was at, he, he, he posted videos from Harrison Barnes's wedding years ago that went viral. Yeah, I was there so, with him. yeah. You were at the wedding. Yeah. Her, Ronnie was my, uh, um, partner in crime there. We had a, blast. I thought you were going to say he was your plus one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that I should have, I should have said that and then sent Ronnie this. Um, yeah, we got, we had way too much fun and a little way too much to drink on the Friday night. Um, what is that called? The Friday night the rehearsal dinner, the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. We had a little, yeah, that, that we still, I mean, that wedding was a dream. Kyrie I was, was going to say that had to be your pinch me moment. You're at a wedding with That's like, it. 100%. Kyrie was there, Steph, Clay. And that was when Kyrie was like in all the spotlight because he had just requested a trade from Cleveland. So, yeah, Kyrie, Steph, Clay, the whole Warriors, Steve Kerr, you know, all the UNC guys. Yeah, dude. And then it was like me. It's like, what am I doing here? I was like, thank God I made the cut. I was probably on the on the edge of not making the cut, you know? I think, yeah, Rick Carlisle had a great uh, speech, I believe, or played the piano or something at that wedding. Look, before I, I let you guys go, I, I had this written down. I have to ask, uh, do your parents watch more of The Herd or more of First Take? Great, great question. Uh, I will say that, you know what? Our dad probably watches them both equally. He, he, <laughs> loves, he loves him some Herd. Um, mom... I don't, I don't know if she watches much of either. I mean, she might turn it on, but she's not a sports person, you know? Yeah, she's gotten into, like, Collins, whatever he posts on social media, and she thinks he's fascinating, but I don't think she's ever watched the show. But she's when I'm at home and I'm working, she's watching it. She's like, she likes it, but, yeah, I would, I'd agree with that. Basically, the balance is that she can, she can watch both social media contents equally, which makes uh, 
her lives easier in terms of ESPN versus Fox Sports and everything that you guys are contributing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, by the way, the brothers Kaminsky. I, I thought Frank was coming, but I guess he didn't. I know. Um, I uh, called him, but he couldn't. He didn't make it. <laughs> have either of you ever met Frank Kaminsky? I did. I actually have a picture with him. I met him at the <laughs> NBA Combine, and obviously, for like ever since he was in, since I was in college, is when he was like making his run, and every every that was like a big year. I remember everyone was asking me, "Are you related to Frank Kaminsky?" So, um, he didn't really seem to care that I was a Kaminsky, but it was it was good to it's good to meet him. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Wesley and Brendan Kaminsky. Um, I'll say this before we go that I, uh, so I said, I called this in our, I think I'm going to tweet when I send this out, I'm going to call this episode, the brothers Kaminsky. I was thinking about brothers in exile, which is, uh, right. as the 30 for 30, but that might be too far. Right. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, but, um, that's Levon and El Duque. <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't I, even know. I think that's brothers in exile. And once brothers is, uh, draws in and Vladi Divac, but we'll go with the brothers Kaminsky here. Please yeah, do. Right. It works. <laughs> Let me just say that uh, before you, do, you know, whatever, uh, I said the viral tweet, man, you know, it sounded a little facetious, but, you know, people literally can learn from you and what you've been able to do on Twitter. And uh, there is a, ver- a real skill to it. You know, that's something that, um, you know, you hear a lot, you know, or people tell me that, but it's like, you, you really have gotten down, whether it's Twitter threads or, you know, posting a video at the right time. So people can learn from you just as much as they can learn from us. I will take that compliment on the way out. And I will say a lot of it's about timing and a lot about it's what you guys talked about with the raw video, simplicity. Let's be honest. People don't want to read a whole paragraph on every tweet. If you can get that, you know, those, that eight letter, that eight word tweet, right. That's when I think that things hit. Uh, Thank you both. Oh, what? One more thing. We had a herd segment inspired by your tweet. Wait, 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 what was it? I don't believe I didn't get the check with royalties or anything for this. (laughs) When you did the uh, describe your favorite sports moment as boring as possible. So we did a segment. I remember I sent it to them. I was like, this is blowing up. Everyone was tweeting at you. And we did a segment. Colin describes it was a game. We would you're like, don't give him credit, but let's talk about things. No, I'm kidding. Describe Super Bowl moments as boring as possible. Then Colin like tried to guess which play it was, and it was it was inspired by your tweet. So, all right. Well, I will I will take that and run those two compliments from you guys again. Wesley Kaminsky, Brendan Kaminsky, thanks so much. I'll talk to you both soon, and hopefully see you in person soon. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Eyes on the Prize. That was the brothers Kaminsky with Brendan and Wesley. Kaminsky. If you want to give me a follow, it's at Jeff Eisenband on all forms of social media. If you have some ideas for podcast content, I'm trying to create stories. I'm trying to create themes of these podcasts, not just straight interviews. I hope you're enjoying them. Please let me know what you're thinking. Give me a recommendation. And listen, as always, always looking for sponsors. Talk to you all again soon.